0: thing that has really changed according to the times is demand there's a thirst for lifestyle relocation usually to the suburbs or countryside for more space this all started with the covid lockdowns but now the restrictions have been lifted it hasn't gone away people realize they can do this good afternoon welcome to the market wrap number 99 for apw APW Property, Stuart Williamson here at The Helm. Why are we doing this? To share common sense information for folks thinking of buying built, or building a buy-to-let property or portfolio of properties in the UK. It's just our views. So please do like, comment, subscribe and share if you can. Now this week, I thought to make it a bit more exciting, we do a quick survey of the news from the newspapers and influential sources around the UK. Okay, firstly, the Daily Telegraph. Headline is green energy upgrades could lead to severe housing shortage. They go on to say the government's eco rules, which force landlords to spend thousands upgrading their properties, will cause an acute housing shortage. A lack of advice means that landlords will be unable to improve homes in time to meet the new government targets. And this is the truth. know i have found this out myself as i mentioned before when i phoned my local guy who does this sort of stuff in wales ministers have remained silent for 15 months since outlining plans to ban landlords from letting energy inefficient properties so we have comments from mira chindanoi of the nlra she warns this inaction could not mean could mean property investors cannot complete works ahead of expected 2025 deadline nrla is national residential landlords association which is a trade body she goes on to say the targets would be impossible to meet in time and would mean landlords were, could be banned from letting out properties that are deemed to be insufficiently energy efficient this would exacerbate the country's current housing crisis which is it's all about supply and demand, not enough supply, too much demand. In addition, she goes on to say, the 2025 deadline envisaged in the consultation is now all but impossible to meet. Without a renewed plan, there is very a very serious risk of exacerbating an already serious supply crisis in the rental sector. Just to explain, the government consultation on energy improvements in the private sector closed in January 2021 the recommendations included introducing a requirement that newly let private rental sector properties should have an EPC energy performance certificate rating of C by 2025. So that's new people. For all existing lets, the deadline will be 2028. It recommended that the cost of, of for landlords per property should be capped at ten thousand. Well, that's great. You cap it at ten thousand. But what if it doesn't reach that level at ten thousand? You've got to spend more which is madness. Since that announcement, there have been no further comments on when these rules will become law or whether there will be any grant. Again, grant, if you've got 10 houses, that's going to be 100,000 quid. Will there be any grant funding to support the measures? Okay, you saw this NIMBY business, not in my backyard. They won't want to pay for it, they won't do it. A senior banking source says the department of business energy and industrial strategy was going to put a publication out around COP26. Then we were told it would be before Christmas. Now we've been told it would be the spring and if they even much longer, landlords would only have a little amount, a little over two years to make a huge amount of change, which is shocking. Nigel Donoghue of the installation assurance authority, that's an amazing name, isn't it? A trade body, said that the installation sector alone would need to quadruple in size to meet demand. There's a business to get into. It's already grappling with the supply chain crisis and the cost of some installation materials have jumped over 35%. Russell Smith of Retrofit Works, a trade cooperative, said the government has been silent on every aspect aspect of retrofitting, i.e. take out this sort of heater, put in a new one. He goes on to say, the whole thing is a mess. The government has so far also failed to address fundamental problems of the EPC system, which was designed to rate homes by energy spending rather than efficiency. This means that the system currently penalizes homeowners for installing heat pumps with low EPC scores, despite the government telling homeowners to install these sort of pumps, absolutely crazy. So there's not really a lot of clarity and it's all a bit of a mess. Um, a government spokesperson said, we expect landlords to invest in their assets to ensure their tenants are able to live in warmer homes that are cheaper to heat. This is good for landlords and tenants alike. We will release our response to the consultation in due course. I.e., it's a fob off. Okay. From Night Frank intelligence podcasts, we had an interesting um, a piece of news, which is working from home. What's the latest update? What's happening in the marketplace? Because this has a major effect on where you should buy, what you should buy and why you should buy it. Knight Frank going on to say, a survey of more than a thousand employers by the Chartered Institute of Professional Development, Chartered Institute of Professional, Deve- Professional Personnel and Development, provides a fascinating snapshot of evolving attitudes to to remote work. The key findings were as follows. To be successful when implementing flexible and hybrid working practices, employers should offer the following going forward. Allow workers to request flexible working from day one of employment. Raise awareness of different forms of flexible working that is available. Consult with employees when designing hybrid or flexible working practices. Assess the risks based on equality and inclusion. Provide support and training for managers. And focus on outcomes rather than being present in the office. So what does it actually mean? Um, how's it gonna add value? Invest in appropriate technology. Maintaining a strong focus on employee health and well-being implement plans to avoid overworking and burnout. So that's what they're saying the main findings were. And currently they're saying this is what's happening in the marketplace. Excuse me. 40% employers say home working or hybrid working has increased productivity while 8%, 18% say the opposite. Flexible working has become something of a core talent retention tool. And more than half of employers say that they make policies clear in job adverts to attract staff. The pandemic has clearly prompted a resetting working culture that extends well beyond remote work and employers report offering a range of of more flexible methods from flexi time to compressed hours to job sharing and career breaks. Still, many surveys of this nature report a steady softening of attitudes, and this one is no different. And the final point is, organisations expect around 21% of their workforce to work from home all of the time once the crisis is over, while they expect 40% of the workforce to work from home on a regular basis, i.e. at least once a week. These measures have come down from December's readings of 28 and 45%. So more people are going back into the office and less will be working from home. So what does it mean? The outcome is simply it looks like 20 to 40% of people will continue to work from home in some format. And it maintains the house house quality of life concept, it supports HMOs for like living in the cities, involves it supports city living. It also supports buy to let in, in the regions. So it's very positive for everyone. Okay. The daily mail in a letter. I heard that Wales is having a council tax clamp down, down, on second homeowners amid soaring prices. Will all other parts of the UK have this same clampdown? down? Will it affect buy to in a big way? Interesting news. There's going to be a council tax clamp clampdown. clamp down. Clamped down. The Welsh Government actually announced a clampdown on second home owners and they said second home owners in Wales will see council tax rise by up to 300%. The rationale being average house prices in Wales, places like Tenby, Pembrokeshire, have gone up by 13.4% in the last year. So is this a good thing to do? On the surface it probably would appear that getting rid of empty homes out there, second homes is quite a good idea. Um, however, Jeremy Leaf, who's a well-known Northern estate agent, says the Welsh Government's proposals at first glance appear laudable. Any policy which seeks to make more properties available to purchase for local people at affordable prices should be welcomed. He goes on to say, for too long prices in picturesque Wales have likely been inflated by second homeowners and those seeking to let their properties for holidaymakers on short-term lets, many from London and other areas, which has pushed some Push prices even beyond the reach, further beyond the reach of, of locals. However, as we've seen, markets never work as simply as that, and the Welsh government needs to be careful. It isn't creating a longer-term problem, a larger problem, if it changes if the changes contribute to a reduction in supply, pushing property prices even higher. <clears throat> Excuse me. This follows the upmarket seaside time also a Southwold, cracking down on, on the same way. Holiday lets and second homes, because it's becoming a ghost town. And so basically they're adding a tax now on all new builds. They must be occupied by someone or the tax is going to be three times. It's, it's a bit ad hoc, and it'd be better if it was more centralized and controlled. But from our perspective, there's no need to worry about but from, from a buy-to-let perspective because it isn't buy-to-let, it's second homes. Let me look at the, the times london times why do house prices keep rising savile's research using data from independent data analyst 20ci has crunched the numbers and found that house prices are going up and it all started with richie sunak the chancellor introducing the stamp duty holiday in july 2020 the tax break coupled with a desire for lifestyle changes pushed a greed Sales up 43% higher than the pre-pandemic times. This ravaged stock levels, and so by April 2021, there were 19% fewer homes left to buy than usual. So two years on from that, and the national and the market is yet to recover. National stock levels are running 8% lower than on average. In March. In March, there were 2% fewer homes on sale than in March 2019, which suggests that sellers are confident enough now for the first time since the pandemic to bring their houses back into the market for the traditional spring bounce. The thing that has really changed, according to the Times, is demand. There's a thirst for lifestyle relocation, usually to the suburbs or countryside for more space. This all started with the COVID lockdowns, But now the restrictions have been lifted, it hasn't gone away. People realize they can do this. And that's the whole point. You can do it. You don't need to be stuck in the city all the time. While the sales in the UK aren't quite as frenzied as they were, they are still 16% higher than the pre-pandemic average. In March, agreed sales were 22% higher than two two years ago. That means if we take a simple measure of amount of stock on the market compared to the number of agreed sales there were 3.25 months of stock on the market in March compared to 5.95 months in March 2019, according to Lucien and Cook at Savills. And it's this supply-demand imbalance which means we are continuing to see price growth reported despite a more challenging economic backdrop, i.e. Ukraine, interest rates, um, economy not doing well. So who's fanning these flames of overheated property markets and where are the hottest places to buy at the moment? The type of buyer is one that wants it all, typically, wants it all. They want space to spread out, they want swathes of lush greenery, a train station though, and access to the excitement of the city. That's very important still. Having your commutable cake and eating it has always been popular, which explains enduring appeal of the home counties. However, more people are relocating than ever and hybrid working, as we just discussed from the uh, report by Savills and uh, I Frank is growing. People are willing to twi- travel for twice as long every week to get into work. Certain areas are really, are really benefiting. Thurrock and Essex, for example, 55% less of sale than two years ago, because it's close, it's good value. And you get into London, Liverpool Street in less than an hour. Agreed sales were 89% up in Watford. Who would have thought that? A similarly convenient location, same as Kingston, Epsom, Southcote, Times, Towns and further afield. In summary, sky high demand will continue to add further fuel to the fire for a while yet, says Tom Bill, head of residential research at Knight Frank in the Times. We expect this to calm down later this year as mortgage rates creep up and the cost of living squeeze tightens. Furthermore, double-digit house price growth will slow to single digits as supply picks up and the housing market feels more tethered to the real economy. So by the time you watch this, it'll be Friday, there will have been a um, another interest rate rise, for sure. And that will further calm the market down, which is a good thing but we don't believe we will go into a, a recession and have a, a massive crash because there's too much demand out there. We've recently launched the APW TV channel. Uh, there's a link to it here. Please do have a watch. We're gonna be bringing monthly interviews and interesting people in the marketplace place, developers, um, builders, landlords, all this sort of stuff. You can hear what's going on and what their thoughts are. So I hope you enjoyed it today. Do take care. Do join us again next week if you can. Thanks very much. Cheerio.